Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today we're going to talk about the Planet of the Apes franchise. For the record, that means we're going to talk about nine films. The five films that make up the original franchise, the remake, and the three films that make the reboot trilogy. I started the year of 2021 by watching all of these movies, most of them for the first time, one movie a day, every day, for nine days, until I finished seeing them all. So that means on January 1st, I watched from the year 1968, Planet of the Apes. On January 2nd, from the year 1970, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. On January 3rd, from the year 1971, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. On January 4th, from the year 1972, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. On January 5th, from the year 1973, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. On January 6th, from the year 2001, Tim Burton's remake, Planet of the Apes. On January 7th, from the year 2011, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. On January 8th, from the year 2014, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And I concluded this on January 9th, from the year 2017, War for the Planet of the Apes. Most of these movies I had not seen before. Before starting this um, endeavor, <laughs> I had seen the first one on TV many years ago, but so long ago that I, I forgot what I saw. So it felt like I was seeing it for the first time. I saw Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes back when it first came out in the theater. And I did go to the theater to see all three of the reboot trilogy films. But the OG franchise was new to me. Um, do you remember when Costco used to have really cool Blu-ray sections? They don't anymore. They, they sometimes they most of the time they don't even have anything like anything at all. But once upon a time, they sold movies and a whole bunch of them. And they even had box sets. They even had the Planet of the Apes box set. And I bought it. <laughs> That's why I bought it. I mean, I bought it because I had, I had always wanted to see these movies, but it was, it was an easy uh, decision to make because uh, at Costco, everything's cheaper. So um, the price for the, the box set was cheaper than I think it would have been if I had bought it like in a regular store, like uh, Borders or Barnes and Noble or something. Uh, and I've been sitting on this box set for a really long time. I don't know why I didn't, you know, immediately started watching these movies, but I'm really happy that I didn't because I feel like I got more out of watching these movies now than I would have if I had watched them when I first bought them. So I was drawn for reasons that I don't know to watch all these movies at the beginning of this year 
one movie a day, every day for nine days until I watched them all. And not only were they good movies, but they're also filled with a lot of political messages and symbolism, a lot of it mirroring things that's happening in the news and current events right now. So much so that I realize that that would make an incredible topic for conversation for a podcast episode of this franchise. And I'm not going to do that. I don't feel qualified to do that. I've only seen most of these movies once. And I feel like someone much smarter than me (laughs) or someone who is much, much more familiar with this franchise should be doing that episode. It's as simple as this. I don't often do something like this where I, you know, take on this really big franchise and if I had watched all these movies and didn't like them, I wouldn't be recording this episode. But the fact that I loved them is what inspired me to record this because my real goal is to get you to watch them. Now, I don't know if you've seen them. Um, if I had to guess, I would guess most of you have seen some of them. Uh, I know some of you have seen all of them. I also feel like if you've seen them all, you probably already like them. And you might be that person who's qualified to do a podcast episode where you talk about all the symbolism and all the political messages that these films carry. For those of you who haven't seen them, my goal today is to try and talk you into watching them. And I am going to attempt to do that simply by letting you know what you're in for if you choose to watch these movies. So... I will go one movie at a time and briefly tell you the plot of these movies. Now that's tricky because you kind of have to do spoilers in order to do this because each movie furthers the plot. This is definitely a franchise where you do have to see them all in order. Not that other franchises aren't that way, but with this one, you definitely have to treat these movies that way. Otherwise, if you just jump in at some random movie in the middle, it will be confusing. So I am going to lightly explain each one. And I'll try not to overdo the spoilers. And I also think this. I also feel like even if I told you all the spoilers, I don't think it would ruin it at all. Nothing would beat actually watching these movies and seeing what I'm talking about for yourselves. And I also take comfort in knowing that you probably already know what these movies are kind of sort of about. The images of these movies are so famous that even if you haven't seen them, I bet most of you can picture in your mind what the apes look like, what their masks and costumes look like. They're very iconic. And the ending of the first one, the twist ending, it's it's one of those movies that's been spoiled way before most of us have ever seen it. Um, I mean, all you have to do is see Spaceballs <laughs> and kind of already have the first movie spoiled for you, right? Uh, and I don't think it matters. I don't think that movie is dependent on that twist ending. So here we go, more or less what each one is about. And I can already, (laughs) I can already feel myself, uh, you know, about to butcher each plot for these movies. 
Okay, the first one came out in 1968. Planet of the Apes. Uh, this is not going to be like some scholarly movie guy. This is going to be like your friend who's not good at talking about movies, trying to like stumble away, stumble his way through the plots. So you get these uh, astronauts who have been traveling in space for so many years that they're even aware that everyone back home on Earth that they've ever known are, are long dead and gone. I don't even know what the point of their 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 trip is, but. They finally land, and the planet that they land on, look, <laughs> we all know the twist ending. We all know that they land on Earth. So they're like, ooh, we can breathe. It's just like Earth. Well, duh, it is Earth. Is it, though? Is it like Earth? Because this Earth, uh, although they do run into some, some people, they're not very smart. They're like cave people, like cavemen. They don't talk. And when they do encounter people or beings that talk, it's them damn dirty apes <laughs> who treat people like animals. And this story is mainly told through the point of view of the leader of the astronauts, the one that Charlton Heston plays. And I feel like this movie and Tim Burton's remake are the two Planet of the Apes movies that mostly feel like the audience is supposed to feel like the humans are the good guys and the apes are potentially the bad guys. Uh, and then all the rest of them don't feel that way. All the rest of them are the opposite. The apes are, for the most part, the good guys. There are some apes that are bad, but most of them are the good guys and the people are the bad guys. So, uh, Charlton Heston, the lead astronaut, he's confused. How could this happen? How could we live in this topsy-turvy world where apes talk but people don't? And at the end... He discovers that he's on Earth in the future. And I don't know, for some reason, there's been this strange backwards evolution where people and apes switch places as far as like intelligence. They explain it. I don't want to. <laughs> partly because I, I, I don't really remember how. Partly I'll just lean on pretending like I want to save that as a spoiler that I don't want to spoil. But um, that's the most popular one for the most part. A lot of people will say that Planet of the Apes, the original 1968 film, is their favorite film in the franchise. I'm not one of them. I think all of these movies are good. But that's not my favorite one. I'll let you know which one it is when I get to it. The sequel, the first sequel, is the 1970 film Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And in this movie, <laughs> a new astronaut lands on the planet of the apes looking for the original astronauts that landed on the planet of the apes. So in a way, in the beginning, it kind of feels like, like the same story again. But it does not only change, but 
I would even say this is the weirdest of all the Planet of the Apes movies because the title beneath the Planet of the Apes, when you get to the part of the movie where they explain why the movie is called Beneath the Planet of the Apes, where they actually do go to an underground layer of the planet, they meet these people that um <laughs> that have this like telepathic way of speaking and they wear these kind of like human masks over their real face because their real faces are all jacked up because of the you know the years of like war and i guess radiation and they're all ugly and anyway they worship a huge bomb that they've been saving just in case i don't know <laughs> anyway uh that one this of all the spoilers this one's going to feel the most spoilery because uh i'm going to spoil it because i need to in order to get to the next film the movie ends with the bomb being detonated and the planet of the apes exploding so i'm guessing that at the time they didn't intend for this to be a franchise i think it was just a one two done but then because it was successful, they're like, no, 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 we must make more. People need their talking ape movies. So then we got Escape from the Planet of the Apes from 1971, which does take place in the 70s and starts with kind of a reverse of the original. The first two movies were a spaceship lands on Earth in I guess it was modern, you know, it was present day at the time. And the astronauts, they come out of the spaceship, but guess what? You don't have to guess, you already know the answer. Days not people astronauts, days apes. And they talk, and that trips people out. So at first they're treated like, um, hey, like celebrities, like, hey, you guys are talking apes from the future, how neat, you know? But they find out the fate of the planet through talking to the apes, and this scares people. And now they're thinking, if we're going to prevent this from happening, I guess the only way we can do that is, is by killing them. And uh, as it turns out, the female ape that arrives with the group is pregnant. So, although the people do succeed at killing them, thinking, all right, we saved the future, she successfully gave birth to her baby, and the movie's over with you thinking, great, there's hope for the apes. I guess that means there's no hope for us. <laughs> okay, now we get to the 1972 film, conquest of the planet of the apes this one's my favorite i think this is easily the best one of the original franchise so now we fast forward to years later and apes have evolved and it's pretty much a slavery movie people are using them as labor and as pets 
And that baby from the previous one, he's all grown up now. He's the only one that can actually talk. He's the one that is responsible for freeing all the apes that are that are slaves. And on the Blu-ray that I have, there's an unrated version and there's a theatrical cut. Watch the unrated version. It's pretty, I don't say brutal, but at the end, when they finally go to war with the humans for their own freedom, uh, I mean, it gets pretty violent. It's pretty awesome. So that leads to the final film in the original franchise, and that's Battle for the Planet of the Apes from 1973. So now we go many years into the future, and the apes have won their war with the humans, and they're pretty much the bosses of the, of the place. There are some people that they're friends with and they, they coexist with. Some apes aren't cool with that, and they don't want to live side by side with the humans. Well, at some point, a small group of apes travel into the city. I'm not going to give you every reason for everything done. Uh, the point is, they discover that there are people living in the cities that have survived all the wars and all the radiation. And they're kind of like the people from the second film. They're a little messed up. And they didn't know that there were apes still alive. They thought they were the last people alive and they felt threatened by the apes. So they follow them back to their ape community to attack them. And they start a war and the apes that were originally not for being friends with humans kind of see this as a good reason to to treat all humans as though they're the enemy. So the good apes now have to battle the people that are invading their community and the bad apes who are trying to take over. So <laughs> I warned you. I told you I was not going to do a good job of explaining this. Thanks for forgiving me. So there you go. That's the original franchise, mostly from the 70s. Like I said, I know you can picture uh, the way they look, the masks, the costumes, very iconic. I think that they're, they're smart stories. And I think what's surprising to a lot of people is when a movie has what they consider an absurd concept, deliver a very smart story. Um, gosh, the first movie that comes to mind that's similar, even though it's totally different from this, is RoboCop. Just the idea of, if you've never seen RoboCop, and I'm only talking about part one specifically, it's like, yeah, it's a robot cop. And then you'd write that off as just stupid, but you didn't, you would be denying yourself this really smart film. That's one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. I feel the same way about the Planet of the Apes films. You're like, hey, it's talking apes. Then you might think that's for children. Uh, it's very, very much so not for children. In fact, I think that children would find it boring. Um, it's very much for grownups. It's a very smart fil uh, film franchise. And 
look, if you if you start to watch one of them and you I think you'd find right away whether or not this isn't for you or not. But um, I, I feel confident that most of you would would get something positive out of this experience. So now we go to Planet of the Apes from 2001, the remake from director Tim Burton. Here's where I'm convinced that everyone listening to this podcast has not only seen this movie, but already have a very solid opinion of it. And if I had to guess, based on the consensus of what I've observed, is that a lot of you don't like it. Now, I'm not going to go over the plot. It's a little different than the first film, but, you know, there's similarities. I just want to talk about my opinion of the movie and why I actually think it's important. Okay? Let's go back to 2001. I like Tim Burton. I love Tim Burton. I like... I'm one of those few people that actually like all of his movies, and I will admit that some are definitely way better than others, but I can say the same thing for any director. I think he's so talented that even his bad movies are, or movies that are considered his bad movies are, are still good movies and they're movies that I like. I just think that they're movies that aren't as good as they're, as, as, as the ones in, that they have the shadows that they live in. So people somehow have convinced themselves if they're not all the same standard that they're, they're not good at all. And I disagree with that. I still think they're good movies, including Planet of the Apes. Um, when I first saw it in part in 2001, I, I went not because I was a fan of Planet of the Apes, but because I was a fan of Tim Burton and I left the theater being, I guess, disappointed because I, I'll say this, I, I thought it then. And I think it now of all the movies that Tim Burton has ever made, you know, with exception of maybe big eyes, this one is the one that feels the least like a Tim Burton film simply because Tim Burton's aesthetic is very Gothic. And that is, is, it's a movie that if you didn't know he made it, if you watched it, you wouldn't assume that he made it versus all of his other movies have his touch all over it. You can recognize his style right away. Um, this movie, I think if you watch all the original Planet of the Apes movies and then go into this one, I think you have a much easier time appreciating it because your mind is so steep in the world of the Planet of the Apes that going into it, you are already thinking about their lore, their mythology. Uh, you've got ape on the brain, the look of their culture, of their masks. Um, I think that it's a much easier movie to go along with if you're already watching all the other movies. One could argue that that's the very reason why you wouldn't like it. I'm not one of those people. I think that's one of the very reasons why you, you could enjoy it. But, you know, relax. You don't have to be like, this other thing is so precious that I'm going to not like this other movie because they made changes. Yes, they made changes and some of them might confuse you, but who cares? Just go with it. If you can go with it, you can, and you have it and you enjoy a movie about talking apes, you could enjoy this movie too. Now, a little earlier, I said that it was important. I'll tell you why it's important. Simply because of this. The reboot trilogy that followed it is really, really good. The consensus is that it's really, really good. I I've very rarely have encountered people who don't agree with that. They're very popular. They're very well done. And they're very different from Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes remake. But I am convinced that if Tim Burton had never 
made that remake and we only had the original franchise and the reboot trilogy, I think a lot of fans of the original franchise would argue that the reason why they didn't like the reboot trilogy is because the apes look like real apes and not like the humanoid versions of apes that are in the original franchises because people like the design. They like the masks. So because Tim Burton's film exists, you will always have that. You will always have a contemporary Planet of the Apes film that exists where you get to see them wear the masks. And I will say that I do think all the actors in the movie do a really good job, especially Paul Giamatti. I think he does an excellent job as the ape that he plays. So there you go. I think it's worth giving a second chance to, which leads to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. This is the first film in the reboot trilogy where a scientist is working on a drug to overcome, uh, I guess it's Alzheimer's disease or something like that. And they're testing it on apes. And as it turns out, the drug does work in that it does make the brain smarter. It's just that what it ends up doing is it ends up making apes smarter. It ends up having the opposite effect on humans. Humans end up getting, uh, uh, some of them die and some of them get dumber. So that film explains how the very first ape to uh, be born from the mother of uh, one of the, you know, apes from the laboratory that got tested on gets born intelligent and how this ape and kind of like conquest of the planet of the apes ends up freeing all the other apes from like zoos and laboratories and you know sanctuaries and how they kind of take over which leads to donald planet of the apes which continues the story where humans try to coexist with the apes they need access to a dam that's in the area that the apes live in so that they can bring energy to the city and I won't spoil it, but through a misunderstanding, it ends up starting a war between the humans and the apes. And then <laughs> I'm going to just jump on to the next one. This ends with War for the Planet of the Apes, which was in 2017, where at the end of the previous one, the humans call for backup from the army <laughs> or military. And this film shows the military arrive and have their war, not only with the apes but with other military who are coming to stop them because they feel that they are they've gone rogue and that their their war on the on the apes is actually um not sanctioned by the military and it's like almost like apocalypse now where it's like insane soldiers you know put, doing something that they think is right that that's absolutely bonkers but uh there you go <laughs> um i hope that I didn't ruin it too much. And I hope this wasn't so stumbly, like hearing me ramble that you're not turned off by it. I feel like I have no control over that, right? Like, I feel like if there's any part of you that listened to me ramble and went, Ooh, this sounds like it's for me, then you're going to watch it. And maybe even those of you who listened to me and went, no, this is definitely not for me. Maybe you've already turned this off. <laughs> 
I, you know, I can't blame you. Sometimes I'm not very good at this, but I try. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. If you have listened, um, you know, if you do check out these movies, I'd love to know what you think about them. Uh, give me some feedback on Twitter. I'm at Isaac's Haunted B. Uh, until next time, I certainly won't be watching uh, nine movies again of one franchise anytime soon and doing an entire podcast episode about it. I will very likely just be doing an episode about just one movie. Okay, until next time, take care of each other and take care of yourself. Aloha.